Today's passage of scripture will come from the uh, book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. The word of God says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and, and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, for the love of money is a root to all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of, e- of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for this opportunity to gather in your house. And Father, I just ask that you be with each and every one of us. Send your spirit to fill, to inspire each and every one of us gathered here today. And Father God, I ask that you empty me of my desire to speak, but fill me with your spirit, that, that everything that I would speak would be pleasing to you and a beneficiary to your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So last week we started a new thing, or I started a new thing, where I'm not going to run all over the place, developing new habits, new patterns. And in doing so, I have to set boundaries for myself, so I'm bringing it back, my ink pens. My ink pens, but one go here, and one goes here. I am not allowed to go back and forth past those without a purpose. Okay? So that's going to be the new thing for me. And why am I doing that? Because I want to accomplish something new in my life. I want to set a new standard for myself, a new discipline for myself, but I don't want to overdo it. I want to be content with the ability that I have to perform at this time while I move forward into something different. And I look to the Word of God, and the first thing that Paul says to us as he's writing to Timothy is here, speaks about the character of man, of of what would be a great gain if we would only do that. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And contentment is the thing that, that sometimes I have a difficulty struggling with. Now, when I set a goal for myself, sometimes, especially a long-term goal, it becomes difficult because within the first six months to a year, I'm okay. I'm patient. I'm being content. I'm happy with everything that's going on in my life. But even though in that time I see progress in my goal, it only seems to be like a small amount of progress in comparison to the larger picture. Six months to a year later down the road, I start losing patience with myself. I stop being content with what God has given me. And I began to say that I, I, I want more, and, and if I only had more, then I would be happier. And I have to stop and remind myself, sometimes daily, that that frustration and aggravation that, that builds up inside of me should never have control over me. Because if I allow it to have control over me, then I can damage relationships with people in my life. And that's the thing that we want to avoid. But if we choose to be content, the great gain may not be material. And it may not look like that that it's a step toward the fulfillment of our goal, but, but really and truly it is. Because if our goal is to achieve holiness and righteousness, 
and we have learned to be patient with ourselves and with lives and with one another, then there has been a great gain. And I think sometimes that in the fulfillment of our visions or our missions, that that control that we exercise is what brings forth the greater blessings. Because we have shown that we can be trusted with the little things, and in doing so, we can be trusted with the greater things. But it's hard at, at my age sometimes to, to say that, that I need to change. I want the world to, to become what I have become. I'm 50 years old, by, by the way, you know. I've got some experience under my belt. But sometimes we have to make a choice on where we're going and how we're going to get there. See, the importance of the video today was not just the words or, or that it was something different. I'm not indicating by any means that we're moving to, to rock and roll, but it, it's to point out this, that many times in life we are given opportunities to walk through doors that we've never walked through, to experience things that we've never experienced. And we can spend hours and days and months fighting within ourselves to only be fighting with this, to make a simple decision. It didn't take Brian three weeks to decide to play the video. It was just a matter of minutes. And all he had to do was press go. And I think what was funny about that was earlier today when we were all gathering in here, well, before you guys got here, Linda and, and Brian and myself were in here, and Brian said, well, how about if we play this video or this song right here? And he turned on a song by a group from the, I think, early 90s called, uh, well, he was originally with DC Talk. His name is Toby Mack, and the song was called, uh, what is it called, Brian? Jesus Freak. And uh, I looked at that one and said, well, you know what? That one might be a little bit too hard, but it was playing. And I looked up here, and Linda was up here going, bopping her head back and forth, and she knew it. And I thought that, you know, it was great that, that we can be so diverse, that, that we can experience God in different forms of music, different forms of worship, and, and in different aspects of life. And when we hear those music, or we see the blessings that, that God brings in our lives and the lives of others, it reminds me again of the words that Paul says to us pertaining to, to our life in this world, that, that it's true that, that we came into this world with nothing, and when we leave this world, we're going to leave with nothing. But what we leave behind tells the world who we were. You see, when we start out fulfilling a, a dream or a hope or a vision in our life, if you're like me, you 
have these grandiose ideas of, of how it's going to work out. And, and I know that if I put this plan into action today, then, then in six months from now, I can see how the whole thing works out, and we're excited about it, and we start moving toward it. But, but as we get closer to, the, to what we consider the fulfillment of that vision, we start looking at it and see that it didn't happen exactly the way we wanted to. And then we start wondering, that, is our vision even worth following? Is it even going to happen? But if we take time in that moment, relax and find that peace within that, that God supplies and really and truly look, and you know what you're going to find? You might find that it didn't happen the way that you wanted to. But what did happen was a change that, that took place inside of you as an individual. That maybe we came to understand God a little bit better in our lives and how he works and how he talks to us. Maybe we come to understand the, the important lesson that, that God doesn't operate on our schedule, but that he does something good. Or that maybe the change that I wanted wasn't the change that God desired, but the change that we got it's what God needed to fulfill his will. You know, we can love many things in life. And it's okay. And Paul looks at the condition of the society that he was living with. And, and in the, the land that Timothy was ministering in. And he gave the people a warning there. And it's about the things that they value in life. He said that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And, and I read that and I think, man, that's a, that's a dark passage, man. It doesn't really say anything uplifting to me. But, but when I look at it in context of what goes on in my life, I start to connect with it just a little bit better because I'll be honest with you, money is important to me. Always has been all my life. And many times in my life, I've lived in fear of not having enough money because of the way I wanted my life to go. One time, I went into a church, a strange church I'd never been into, and I went to the pastor in there, and I said, look, I need to talk to somebody. And uh, he wanted some young man, well, what is it that you want to talk about? And I said, I don't know how to get money. And he looked at me, and he goes, this is about money? And I'm, yeah, because I'm concerned about my future because I don't have enough money to do what I want to in life or, or to live to the standard that society says. So I need to know how I live my life without money. And he looked at me again, and he goes, I can't believe that you're talking to me about money. And he asked me to leave, and, and I couldn't understand what it was that, that he was hearing that made me offend him. Until later on in life, what I come to understand was this, that too many times we spend our life seeking out money, thinking that money is going to solve all of our problems. Now, I've heard some of you say this this week, so I'm not mimicking you. I'm mimicking me from days gone by. If I could only win the lottery, everything would be okay. How many times have we said that? If I could only win $1 million, then, then I could do this, 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 and this. And then 
you spend, well, I won't say you, but I spend my time sitting there counting how I'm going to spend all that money that I haven't won. How much of my time have been wasted searching for something that's not even attainable? And do we really think that money can change the life that God has planned for us? See, when we start thinking about money and its role in our lives, we start asking ourselves really and truly where we put our trust. Do we put our trust in God? Or do we put our trust in the resources that we don't have readily available? See, God tells us to to love life, to be happy with what you've got. You've not gone hungry. You've not done without shelter. Though times have been hard sometimes, you've never been left alone. See, money in the hand, it might buy you a building. It might buy you a car. It might buy you better clothing. But what money is not going to buy you is the ability to change circumstances. If you had money, you would still suffer illness. If you had money, you would still be responsible for making decisions each and every day. Money doesn't change who we are as a people for the good. Money, or therefore the love of money, more so than the love of God, will take the place of God in our lives. And instead of spending our time seeking out that wonderful relationship with God, we spend our time seeking out how to make more money. And I think that's where we begin to lose ourselves and begin to to lose the concept of contentment and the peace of God that, that God promises. And not just any peace. But that peace that comes from God, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Because only God and God alone can sustain a troubled soul. That is his gift to us through the Holy Spirit. And money can't do that. Seeking after money with a passion is not the life that God intended for us. You see, God intended us to to be faithful people, stewards of the things that he gave us, to be responsible with all the gifts. It says so in the very beginning when when the Scripture talks about God creating the heavens and the earth and and he gave man dominion over the land to to care for the vegetation, to, to care for the animals. That concept still comes to us today. And it's not a burden that God shares with us. It's a responsibility. And it's in the fulfillment of that responsibility that we find meaning and purpose in life. That today I wake up and and I need to have a sermon prepared to to provide for the congregation that God gave me. That's an honor. That is God bestowing upon me the opportunity to live out my life in his presence, fulfilling his plan. 
And when God gives you the responsibility or the, the opportunity to serve in a church in any form or fashion, it's not a burden, but a blessing where God says, come into my family and, and not just be a name, but, but be an active member. Take part in my plan. Walk with me and talk with me as he fulfills his plan in this world. But see, when those opportunities are given us, we have to treat our respective lives and the things that we go after in the same mindset as if we were chasing money. You see, there's a priority in life, and, and sometimes in today's society, Priority number one isn't God anymore. God is often an afterthought. That after I, I go to my job and, and I get my blessings of my paycheck and, and the blessings of my retirement and, and all my pensions and, and the blessings of my house and my friends and my family and all my, all, my, all my other activities, then and only then do we remember sometimes, oh, wait a minute, there's God. Let me go to church on a Sunday to remember God. So in other words, we have to ask ourselves, is God truly God of our lives? Or are all the things that we do in our lives and the things that we seek out in our lives that keep us away from church, that keep us away from the family of God, are those things more important to us than God? I know it's a hard question to ask, but it, it is a real question. The society has fought with ever since the beginning of time. Many times in the Old Testament, you'll, you'll read that, that, that God says, Where are my children? Once you came to talk to me, once you come to worship me, and now you, you've forgotten about me, you've walked off. But if we put God first again and keep him the central focus of our lives, then what we can remember is this. That in those days when times were lean, it was God who sustained me and brought me to my point of success. And maybe it's to that relationship that I need to return. I did George Victory's funeral not too long ago and in preparation for what I sat down with Miss Betty and, and all of his children and, and talked with them for a while, and Miss Betty told me this, and I love this, because she said, Tommy, when we got married, George didn't even have a job. And I looked at her and grinned, and I said, well, let me tell you something, because when I got married, I didn't have a job either. We just didn't tell my father-in-law that. And she said, but times were lean for us, and she said, I made $35 a week doing my little odd job, and then George was able to get into doing electrical work, and then from electrical work, he, he became a, a TV technician and learned all about electronics, and, and God blessed us, not just by giving us those material things later on in life, but because his glory was present in all the days of our lives.
And let me explain something about glory real quick. Because we hear that word all the time, the, the glory of God and, and praise be to God and his glory and things like that. But do we ever stop to ask what that means? In the time of Israel in the wilderness, they said that, that God's glory was present on the mountain with Moses. And that when the, t- the tent of meeting and the, the tabernacle was built, that God's glory was present amongst Israel. And what glory is defined as is this. A weight that is present. Something that's that's felt in experience on a spiritual plane. It's God being present. Though we visibly can't see, we can feel. When we walk into a a church or a house or into certain circumstances and we feel that, that, that heaviness, that, that weight upon us, that, that's not overpowering us but, but letting us know that, that there is something here present more powerful than myself. That is the glory of God. It's God's way of saying that you don't have to worry about what tomorrow is going to look like. I've already got it, and I want you to know that I'm present here with you today. Feel my presence. Feel the glory of God. And if things don't work out the way that you haven't planned to be, that's okay. Because God still has a good plan. You see, apart from money, I think one of the things that we long for is the fulfillment of goals in our lives. Now, I can't say for you, but I can say for myself that that sometimes the the passion and the desire to, to see that goal fulfilled sometimes gets in the way of my relationship with God. Because, see, I start wanting to Go back to the military days when the drill instructor was sitting there screaming and yelling, you know, let's get going. Come on, move. We got to take that hill. And I will apply that sometimes to life. And I will stand and I will say, in six months, I want to have this task accomplished. And I will push, and I will fight, and I will work, and I will get closer and closer to getting that task accomplished. But the funny thing that happens is this. Wanting to accomplish goals is just like wanting more money. That one goal isn't enough. Then we add another mission to the already existing mission. Not only do I want to get an A in this class, but now I want to bring this person over here with me and I want to get both of us to that point over there within a certain time frame and I want to plant a garden and all this other stuff and the next thing I know is I am overwhelmed with everything that's going on in my life because I have taken my mind off God's call for my life and I have replaced it with the fulfillment of my own desires. And what happens more time than not is I overburden myself 
with things that God never intended. And when I get to the point of accomplishing one thing, I don't experience the joy of that accomplishment because I'm not looking at the one thing I accomplished. I'm looking at everything else that fell to the wayside. But you see, if we would learn to be content in our daily walk and not experience the desire to do more than what we're called to, then we can walk peacefully with God to the point of completion. See, many times those extra things that we pick up along the way, God never intended for us. Sometimes I think it's us with the mentality that, that if we do more, then, then it's going to be pleasing to God, and God's going to see how hard I'm working, and he's going to give me more. And I'm going to tell you that that's not always the case. There are times in life, yes, when we have to push hard, when we have to fight, when we have to struggle. But there are times when we have to stop and say, these are my boundaries. This is truly what God has called me to do today. And let me stay focused on today. Content with the mission that I have now. Experiencing God's glory and his grace. Knowing that I have everything today I need to do what God has called me to do. To be able to accomplish that one thing And feel victorious in the life that I live. And I like that Paul offers us these words of encouragement. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And I like that he calls me man of God or woman of God because he's acknowledging something important to us. That, that we as a people aren't just a creation that was made and forgotten about but that we belong to a family and that we are connected with a God who has great love for his creation and who has a desire for us as a people to seek out his wisdom and his knowledge to fight the good fight of faith to never give up learning how to be a Christian to learn to, to overcome our sin and to o- learn to overcome the things in life that drag us down the other things will come 
but be content and be happy in the lot that that God gave us. And in all things, seek God. Because in contentment, we find peace and satisfaction. And the lost and dying look to us and see what it is they need to make their lives whole. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today as we prepare to close our sermon today. Father, I ask that you send your spirit to be with each and every one of us as we leave this place and help us to leave knowing that it's okay to be happy in this moment, that it's okay to to experience your peace, that it's okay, Father God, for us as, as your called children, your chosen ones, to live a life without worry and without fear. Help us to, to put our focus on you, that, that we seek out you, Father God, and the, more passionately that we seek out other things in our life, that by putting you first, we acknowledge the power and authority that you have over life. And we acknowledge your worthiness of praise because of who you are and because of what you've given to us. And help us to fight the good fight as we face uncertainties with the faith knowing that you are present now and always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.